Day four of Barry Morphew's preliminary hearing happened on Tuesday, August 24th. That was the last day for any witnesses to take the stand and also look at any evidence. Now, the judge didn't make a decision right away on whether there was enough information to move forward on the case or whether Barry should be able to post bail. He's going to make a decision on September 17th. Now, the defense pleaded with the judge to decide right away. They said, we are begging the court to at least rule on proof of evidence today so Mr. Morphew doesn't have to sit in jail. Now, the defense also believed that the prosecution didn't provide enough evidence to hold Barry without bail. The judge said, I have 25 pages of notes and I've heard 20 hours of testimony. This will take some time. I'd rather make the decision correctly than expeditiously. He says the evidence either way is the same. I'm going to have to put quite a bit of effort into laying out the evidence so it's clear in my head. I'm not doing it today. And then he paused and added, I'm not a robot. And throughout the day, they touched on a few points from the previous days. They talked about the chipmunk gun and Barry gave the investigators the chipmunk gun voluntarily. And they talked about the money in the safe. If you remember, Barry stated that there was $70,000 in the safe, but it's gone. He told authorities that if it wasn't in there, Suzanne could have taken it. Then they talked about turning left. And on day three in court, they talked about Barry stating that he turned left, heading west on Highway 50 that morning of Sunday, May 10th. That was the morning that he went to Broomfield. But in order to go to Broomfield, you have to make a right, not a left. And in day three, if you remember, he said he was looking at elk when he turned left. But on day four, they said that there wasn't GPS data to show that Barry turned left. The defense said that investigators put that in his head. Now, about the hotel room, the defense asked FBI agent Grusing if they ever saw Barry on surveillance carrying a body into the hotel room. They also discussed when cadaver dogs sniffed Barry's truck that they didn't find anything. Now, remember, Barry also went to a car wash the day that he was in Broomfield, but his explanation was he was cleaning his windshield. And then they talked about the chlorine smell in the hotel room. Barry told Agent Grusing about the smell of bleach in his room. He said, I have no idea. I had no bleach in my room. And in day three, we talked about his hotel room above the pool. Barry also talked about that in a previous interview with Lauren Scharf, and he talked about COVID and bleach, and he didn't know why it smelled of bleach. I do wonder though, since they talked about it being above the pool, I wonder if previous guests have complained about a smell or it being very strong in that room. Would be very interesting to find that out. Now about the bike, Agent Grusing said that Jean Ritter, who is the neighbor of the Morphews, told investigators to search for the bike after Barry told her to look for Suzanne's bike. And I touched on this on my day three video uh, about Barry's phone being in airplane mode and they touched on it again that it was in airplane mode on the night of May 9th and Barry told them that if it was in airplane mode it was probably an accident. But there was a few pieces of information in these court days that they talked about Barry's phone being in airplane mode but also that he would do it before so that Suzanne wouldn't track him. 
Then they talked about body cam video when they were searching the Morpheus home, specifically in the laundry room on day four. There was a photographer who wore black gloves and took pictures. The dryer and washer was said to be empty and the dryer was swabbed and the cap for the trank needle sheath was found inside of it. The deputy talked about the dart gun and how it didn't function when they found it in the garage and it didn't seem to be fired for a while. So finding the cap in the dryer they said was odd. The prosecution asked if the gun was ever examined by a firearm expert but the deputy said no it was not. The defense fired back saying he may not be a firearm expert but he was familiar with guns and he made determinations with familiarity with firearms that it did not appear to work. When they talked about the relationship between Suzanne and Barry, agent Grusing asked Barry if he was carrying any guilt and Barry said that he had taken Suzanne for granted and put all of his eggs into hunting and money. I loved her with all my heart, he said. And when Barry was asked about the affair, Barry said this is a surprise to me and he had never seen anything on Suzanne's phone and he wondered how was Jeff communicating. Also, the prosecution asked the agent if Barry told him he was following Suzanne's phone. He told investigators Suzanne gave him her phone in Mexico to show him who she was talking to. So that's interesting as well. Barry told their daughters about Suzanne's affair and told the girls that Suzanne was a good mother and said that her sin wasn't any worse than any sins we do every day. He said it was the hardest thing to do was to tell the girls about it. But Barry told the agent that it took him weeks to get over the affair and to get over the anger. He said, we are all sinners. I got on my knees and forgave her. I still love her. When asked if there was any evidence that Barry tracked Suzanne, the agent said yes. And it was reported there were a lot of objections in court. The judge said that there keeps being objections every three questions and said, I need to get this hearing done. The judge said, I think it is well established that Suzanne was not happy in the marriage. And the prosecution brought up a domestic situation between Suzanne and Barry and the defense objected. Barry told investigators there was a time when he accidentally clipped Suzanne in the nose with his hand. Now I wonder what Suzanne would have told or perhaps if she did tell about this incident to her friend Sheila or anybody else or if perhaps the girls saw it daughters. I'm, I'm curious about that as well. I mentioned in my last video in day number three about Barry and asking for immunity. On March 5th, he told Agent Grusing he watched a YouTube video that mentioned not to talk to investigators, but because what they'll say will be held against you. He said he wanted immunity so he wasn't falsely accused. He also says, I don't care about the evidence. If it has anything to do with me tying me into the evidence, then it's wrong. Now, day four also focused on DNA being found in various places, and it wasn't Barry's DNA. This is kind of the plot twist. There was DNA from an unknown male, and it was found on Suzanne's glove box in her vehicle, the rear seat of her vehicle, as well as the handlebars on Suzanne's bike. And about the bike, the defense brought up a theory that she had obviously been grabbed from her bike by an unknown assailant. And the, and the prosecution reminded the court that only a few days before, Suzanne actually had her bike in the shop because she was getting new tires on it. So it could be that several workers would have or could have handled it. So there was a partial DNA profile found from Suzanne's glove box and it was said that it had 
three confirmed matches to unsolved sexual assaults. Now, the matches are from Phoenix, Chicago, and Tempe, Arizona. The FBI ran the DNA through the DNA database called CODIS, and that came back with partial matches to these three unsolved predators. Now, the database includes people who have been convicted of a felony or at the request of law enforcement. And there are knowns and unknowns that get put into this CODIS database. Now, the agent was asked about having a hit on this database, and he says a match means it is a lead for investigators. And according to a forensic scientist, her name is Caitlin Rogers, she said it's a lead, not a match. Now, an important side note, when it's a partial profile, it does not mean it's an exact match. Partial is partial, which also from my understanding of DNA, many of you viewers know that I love anything to do with genealogy and DNA, it means that it also could be potentially relatives. A partial match could, could mean that. So it's really important to pay attention to that partial wording of partial profile. I know a lot of you out there are freaking out about this whole new thing about these DNA matches. However, I immediately think to Cece Moore. She's the one who's been helping with DNA and matching and catching the bad guys, really going through genealogy, creating a tree and narrowing it down. So I'm curious if she'd be part of this. Be very interesting to find out. Now, it was explained by an agent that this evidence was subject of what law enforcement refers to um, being called as a keyboard search, where two scientists compare what they see to determine if they should try to develop the concept further. In this case, he said she told me it was limited genetic data. So again, partial, it's, it's limited. They can't, they don't have enough to warrant probable cause. So in these three areas, the Tempe case was looked at in December of 2020, and it the assault occurred outside of a local convenience store, but the Tempe case had two suspects in it. And as soon as I heard it was Arizona, I thought about um, Suzanne visiting Arizona, but I also thought about there was something that came up in court that Barry had suggested to Suzanne to move to, to Arizona, which was the week before she disappeared. So that's interesting to me as well. And while this was talked about in court, about Tempe, um, it was reported that the judge seemed to lose like what was going on in the courtroom. Same with other people, there was some confusion and he was trying to get clarification. And the agent states, it is my understanding that the partial did not match the two primary suspects from the Tempe case, according to another detective. So there was the other match from Chicago and it was to be followed up on and also the one in Phoenix said it matched a sperm sample. So the CBI agent said that in all of these three leads, the partial matches didn't show probable cause. Day four was a lot quicker than the other days. It's my understanding they wrapped up at 2.30 p.m., but I feel like, and I know many of you feel like, there's so much more to go through. Um, I think that's why, this is just my personal opinion, that the judge is like, you know, I have 20 pages to go through, so we're gonna do this in September, which isn't a bad thing. Um... With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. 
Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. It's, it is a little bit different though, isn't it, in this case? I mean, it's a circumstantial case. So I could see how uh, there's, it's going to be a tough decision. I thought there would be, and let me know your thoughts below, I thought there would be a little bit more, but I wasn't there in court, so there could have been all kinds of details that we don't know about. I mean, obviously there's going to be, there's eight hours a day worth, and all I had to go on was tweets and combine them and give you this video. So let me know what your thoughts below, and also let me know what you think about the DNA matches. I do find this interesting. I find it interesting that it's matching to these three assault cases in different states. And I'm also curious as what the match would actually be or who it would be and if it was a relative or is a real relative of these essay uh, cases. Let me know your thoughts below. Stay tuned, I'll have the information when we find out from September 17th. Also, that is when they will decide or hopefully decide about the release of the arrest affidavit. I believe there's 129 pages. So stay tuned for that. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.